Hello, welcome to Toffee TV. It is the Everton Club Call. Your opportunity to get on the line, to give us a call and uh, have a chat about anything you want to have a chat about, whether it be Everton's three wins in a row, whether it be fictitious reports in certain newspapers that you should not click on, whether it be whatever it is. I'll be honest, whatever it is, you can get on and have a chat if you're not happy with... I don't know, what what would you not be happy with? Let us know. If you're not happy with something, I want to know what it is. Even if it's the most trivial of things, like you're not happy with the angles of the drone shots of the new ground, or the colour of the seats, or the big, the little green pitch in the middle of the of the pitch at uh, at the Everton, new Everton Stadium. Or, I mean, quite interestingly, if you want to have a chat about the new stadium, I'd be interested to know about that because a tweet went out yesterday uh, and it was saying that someone had been invited to a season ticket um, event or talking about the season ticket for the new ground and we're told that Everton would, will be getting the keys for the new stadium. Like, they should give you the keys. On Christmas Eve next year, and the plan is to not move in till the following season, which we've known about for a while. But that was repeated again yesterday, according to the to a focus group. So, if you want to call and tell us why you love that idea or you think that idea is nonsense, you I, I think it's nonsense personally. But if you want to come on and convince me otherwise, why it why it's the perfect thing to happen. So by all means, do that as well. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all, I'm up for that conversation massively. Up for Ned could have told me I was on that camera. I'm so into that camera, but Ned could have told me he just changed me there. Don't, mid -flight. don't worry about that. I'm just gonna. Okay. What shouldn't I be worried about? Nothing. Okay. Shouldn't be worried about. We are taking your calls. Don't it is worry. only me and Ned here. Baz has gone to a pantomime. He's not sick. He's gone to a pantomime. Oh no, he hasn't. Yes. Why? Why would you say he hasn't? Oh, no, he hasn't. Why, why are you talking like that? I'm not. <laughs> why, are you, why are you doing Superman arms? Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> What's going on? Um, Yeah, there you go. So get in touch. I thought you said there's people in the court already online. I'm just trying to figure out who's who. Okay. Give us your, if you're in, the, if you're in the, um, the, the green room, give it, make sure, leave your name. Leave your name so Ned knows who it is. It's he's got to do that thing where he runs over again, um, which I want to do right now to get you on. So, so I'm just gonna, just gonna. Um... The stadium thing I'm really interested by. By the way, I'd love to know what people think about the stadium situation, about moving in, and do they think that will continue to happen? So you're gonna put it on the big. Why have you put it on me when you know you've got to go across me? I just realised that. Jesus Christ. Is absolutely. You can't. You're trapped. You're trapped by. You're trapped. That's just the way it is. No, because I'm really interested in the stadium thing. I, I, I actually think it's batshit crazy that Everton would move in eight months. Well, not move in eight months, but we'll play their first game eight months after the stadium is built. I think that's mad, and I honestly don't know if people who came into the club, new owners, would keep that up because. We are obviously short of cash. We need money. And I just think anyone anyone would look at it and go, how can you how can you have a brand new stadium and not open it? Let us know. 
that I just don't see how a business that is struggling for money can afford to have two to to have two stadiums open, uh, two stadiums, and um, not be moving into it. But I want you to come on. I want you to come on and tell me why why that is. There you go. Um, Ned, I can hear someone in my ears. Who is it? Yeah, I'm trying to find out who it is. I can hear typing. I can hear chairs. Uh, John Blaine says, John Blaine's in the comments. He's in Florida. He's in Orlando, Florida right now. Sunning her up. Good, good for him. Worked hard. I'm flabbergasted that a business with financial challenges that resulted in a minus 10 points would delay a significant uplift income. Hands emoji. I, John, we're on the same page. We, you know, we're on the same page. Um, but if someone wants to come on and tell me why it's a good idea, and not just like, oh, it's Goodison Park. Oh, we've got to stay. You've got to have a last game and all that. If someone can come on and tell me, business-wise, why it's a sensible idea to stay at Goodison Park when there's a ground that will have extra money. Don't forget... Like we're paying for that, we're play, we're paying for that stadium straight away. We're paying for it. We're paying for it now, aren't we? So, um, we're paying for it. We're paying for it now, and we need to get income into it. Tickets, merchandise, all the rest of it. Let me know. Ned, someone's in my ears. Who is it? I want to go. Let's get them on. Someone's talking. I need to. I want to get them on. Let's just get them on. Come on. It's a flu this is a fluid situation, Ned. People are watching. Get Glenn on. Go on, get Glenn on. Still waiting. Hello, Glenn. Glenn. Glenn, hello. 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 Pedro Cartman, how are you doing? Whoa, hang on, I'm going. Ned, I'm getting reverb here. Testing one, two. Right, that's better. Go on, Glenn. Yes. There you go. How are you doing? You're with John the Business Plane, right? John the Business Plane is in Florida. Oh, I thought, I'm sorry, I can't see you. Who's, no, who's no, no. Today? He was in, it's me and Ned. Ah, there you go. It's there Ned, go. yeah, Ned's, Ned's here for all your needs. Fantastic. How are you guys doing? All yeah, right, finish up. your Christmas shopping? No. Started your Christmas shopping? Yeah, started it in, started it in September. Oh, that's very well prepared. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 You know, still a bit to do, but, you know, that's what the internet's for. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Still, mm. There's still time. Yeah. Yeah. Where's Ned? Is he... Uh, Is he yeah, he's sitting here. Uh, he's sitting uh -oh. here. I mean... Surprisingly it, quiet for Ned. Mm. Well, he's waiting for your question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. I'll go straight into it because there's lots of people... Um, waiting, so I'll go straight into it. I was go watching on. the 1878 podcast, really good, even yeah. though Ned wasn't on. Um, particularly like the boxing question. Mm, um, nice. but the question <laughs> from about the good teams versus poor teams from Dave, yeah, um, about how we're traditionally better at uh, you know, counter attacking the good teams. Yeah. He's worried about us playing the lower teams just because we can't really break down those sort of teams. Is that still what you think? Everton, or do you think we've moved on in the last few weeks? Um, it's not a massive sample size, is it? But what I would say is Burnley will have a lot of the ball on Saturday. 
they are they they keep the ball really well. They just they've been struggling putting the ball in the back of the net, but they have a lot of possession. And I actually think away from home, this this will suit us um, as much as playing anybody because it's a case of just keep doing what you're doing, and it'll um, hopefully end up in the same results. So I'm not just because it's Burnley and just because they haven't had a great start of the season. I'm not thinking about it like that. They have lots of the ball. Um, and they have been playing well. They just haven't got, as I said, they haven't got that centre forward. It all came together for them the last home game when they played Sheffield United, obviously, and Sheffield United the man sent off. But um, it's it's a case of just keep doing what we're doing, be good defensively, and then try and catch them at the other end. So um, it would be a bit different if it was maybe a if it was a Sheffield United or or someone who doesn't use the ball as well, but I do think Burnley use the ball well, so just keep doing what we're doing. I don't know where I don't know whether we've massively improved. Uh, I think we've just grown, and because we do we don't have a lot of the ball. Typically, the last few games have actually suited us. Oh, definitely, and the confidence has got to be sky high at the moment, right? Yeah, you'd imagine so, wouldn't you? I mean. And I don't think it's because we're not like... The reason I think it's interesting is because we're not... We're not we've not done anything like different in terms of... We're not like scoring worldies that are change, like changing the trajectory of games. We're scoring goals based on the way we're playing, which is winning the ball on the edge of our box, breaking and then getting into the final third or getting into the final third quickly and creating chances that way. I don't think the teams we've played have... have have meant um, we've had to do something different. I think we've pl- we've been quite consistent, and it's and and I think when you do something consistently and you get good at it, you are going to be confident that it'll work every time. Hopefully, it'll work near enough every time. So they should be they should be quite confident going into Saturday's game. Sounds good. Sounds good. I've got another question. Go on. Which I was going to say for a Tuesday topic, but I'm here now. Okay. So. Obviously, we've been deducted 10 points. We all know that. But imagine you were going into a negotiation room mm. and you had to negotiate a number of points off yeah. to something that was more palatable. Obviously, mm. the ideal scenario would be 10, all 10 points given back. Yeah. But what would be your kind of break-even point? I'm guessing if they offered you one point back, you'd you know shove it back mm. in their faces. Where? What do you think is realistic about... If we get any points back, how many points do you think? What would you be, feel more comfortable with rather than minus 10 points? Okay. Uh, going off the fact, and this the problem with this, this good question, but the only problem with it is, and this is actually what Everton should be, is one of the reasons why Everton should be, or, or are going after them is, what is the scale? There's no scale. The scale for the Premier League was six points plus a point for every five million you go over. But David, the commission, independent commission, I say independent loosely, they they said they, they, they declined that and they were doing their own thing, but then didn't explain how we got to 10 points. So I think what I would be comfortable with, or certainly if we were going to go after them is, I'd say, right, if six points is for breaking the rule, then the most we should be getting is six points. The one million plus for five, one point for every five million is a nonsense. And the reason I believe it's a nonsense is because they are arguable points. Though for every five million, 
our def- our defense was well, we this was there was a reason whether it be player X we didn't sue player X or because we the transfer fees weren't as high because of COVID or because of the stadium. Those things are arguable. It's just that on on one day these people said no 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 we don't we don't have that. On another day someone would. I think the thing what you would say isn't arguable, even though I would still argue it, is that we broke the rules. And that is six points. So that's how. So I would say we we at least should it should be dropped to at least six points. And then I'd probably say, and I think three should be suspended because it's our first offence, Gov. And um, you know, so I think honestly, I think it should be reduced to six. Absolutely, should be reduced to six. And then we can argue the the situation of like suspended points and stuff like that. But those extra four points are nonsense. They are absolute nonsense if you look from the Premier League point of view. The problem is we're not looking from the Premier League point of view because the Independent Commission said that they didn't use their metric. So how did you come up with those 10 points? But if we're using the Premier League metric, it should definitely be dropped to six because all those... those that, And it didn't even add up to 20 million, by the way. So it shouldn't be a point for every 5 million because it's a point... It should only be three points then. But I would go 100%. It should be dropped to six. And then let's work on the rest. Ned, what are your thoughts on that? Well, we spoke about this on the Round the Town not so long ago. And I was saying, I still, because of the the whole claims, was just rubbish what we've been found guilty for. Like this, the, the mm. idea that we've, we've cheating's led to a sporting advantage. I think that any points is a, is a joke anyway. And if it Oh, I a, do. It should be a sporting sanction, like a transfer ban. So mm. I probably won't be happy unless we get all of them back. No, Realist- realistically, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I, I'm, and, and also realistically, I think we'll say it with without mm. the ten points. But we get we get four points back, then you can look back and go, well, they haven't just plucked ten points out their ass because the ten points is just mm. it's just a nonsense. No, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. I I think we should fight for every single point. I'm just I'm just looking. I'm just looking from a point of view of like I wouldn't be happy if they said six points, but I certainly wouldn't be happy. But but if if Evan can argue that down at least to six points, then I'd feel a little bit better. But it's a sporting sanction for a non-sporting crime, and I think for me, it should there shouldn't be any points. And I'll argue all day with people who think it should be points because those people haven't got the facts. So um, hopefully, you never know. You never know. I don't know whether it's possible, but if they could get it down to, to zero and, and have other things, that would be absolutely amazing because then we maybe we could go, oh my God, we've got a chance of getting Europe this year. But honestly, I'd be I'd be very, very angry if we didn't get it down to six at least. Very angry, Glenn. And when you say suspended, do you mean yeah. as in take three this season and three in another season? Just, no. because, just because obviously this season there's three teams to probably are going to go down, right? And it'd be better to take all six or, sorry, do you mean something different? No, I mean, I mean, if you do it again. So basically Uh, the way they look at it in like, say the EFL is a lot of the time clubs will get, clubs will get, um, clubs will obviously be done quite quicker than we have. And then they'll go to appeal and in the appeal, it'll be halved genuinely or, or sometimes in the first time out, it'll be halved. So basically it's, this is your first offense. Don't do it again. His, because ultimately you've got to look at it another way as well, and this is something we've spoke about loads of times. You are you are you are punishing a football club in such a dramatic way that 
it could end up being going into administration and people would be sacked and people will lose you know people will lose their jobs you know things like the charity would be hit um it would it's it, it it's a and this is what we've seen in the EFL of like I referred to it last week as like if you the way the bank charges used to get handed out it was like you used to get a bank charge for going overdrawn and it was like 30 pounds and it's like how does that help me really like I've got I'm I'm skinned and you're punishing me by giving me a bank charge and then I'll get another bank charge because you've given me a bank charge because I can't afford to get myself out of my overdraft or whatever it used to... Do you know what I mean? Like, you're punishing people again and again and again. It's even with the rolling thing where it's like, we could be punished again. It's like, how can we be punished again when two of the years are the same two two of the two of the three years on this one? Like, you're being punished again for the same crime and if they keep on doing that and they've done this in the AFL to people where they... they they're saying they're reoffending, and they're not. What they're doing is you're not allowing them to get out of the hole that they've been put in. And I, that's why I don't get these points decisions. I don't get how it helps a football club. I, I understand punishment. I understand that you've got to punish someone. Punish the owner then. Fine him. Take the club off him. Say he's got to sell like they did with Abramovich. Why, you know, you could say it to Abramovich. Why can't you say it to anyone else? I know those circumstances were extraordinary, but if you, but if a government can turn around and say you've got to sell that football club, I think there should be something sat in every, um, personally, in every single contract that I know when an owner buys a club is that if you go into these certain things, you've got to sell this football club. Punish the owner. Punish, punish the club financially. But don't punish them on the pitch because the pitch is the only place you can make a difference. It's the only place where you can get those points back. Points mean prizes or pounds, don't they? You are, you are. If you if you punish a club and they go down to another division, they're going to get lower attendances. So you're punishing the club once again. You are stacking stuff on top of them again and again and again. And this is all because they said, "Oh, we don't want clubs to go bust." It's it's madness. The rules are madness, and 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 shame on us if we signed up for these. By the way, shame on every club for who signed up for them because they are utter nonsense. And what we saw, and we this has been rectified yesterday, is clubs like Chelsea were finding the loopholes. Oh, we'll just give eight-year contracts. Now I know that can't be done anymore, but they certainly got a lot of people on eight-year contracts to to sort that PSR out. So there was clearly loopholes in it. And that's been allowed to go along. And I, I just think a points thing is utter nonsense. Felt it from the start. And I feel like that for every club. You should only get a points deduction if you've done something on the pitch. So you've played an ineligible player or you've cheated in a game or, or whatever it is. But whatever happens on the pitch, punish them on the pitch. Whatever happens off the pitch, then you you know you 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 deal with that afterwards. So to say so like if Man City get 115 charges. Find them hundreds of millions of pounds. Then, like, like when we see, um, I don't know, these huge, huge companies getting fined for breaking rules, whether it be, I don't know, dumping sewage into water or or whatever it is, uh, financial institutions, they're getting punished hundreds of millions of pounds because that's that's the only way to punish those companies. And I think football clubs should be put in the same thing now, punish them financially, but huge, not like six million here and whatever, huge, huge fines. I think personally that'll hurt them but at least the team on the pitch hopefully might be able to get that back yeah makes sense to me Mm. right there are three other people waiting so I'm gonna say goodbye but just before I do what 
want to ask. Go on. Is there going to be a Toffee TV Christmas special? Yes or no? Uh, yes. Yes, there is going to be a Christmas special. It'll just be Ned doing just talking for an hour because that is all the Christmas special you need, I think. No, yeah, it no. sounds wonderful for me. <laughs> if you could talk mainly about his cooking skills we've learned about recently, that would be wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Bye now. There you go. That was Glenn. Um, yeah, Pon- I've seen this. Ponty, Pra Ponty Preed. The Welsh team, haven't they been docked 135 points or something? What? Yeah, apparently so. So, something like that. Right, Ned's going to get the next caller on. Uh, John Plain says, hey, Ped, the punishment isn't an issue if you don't breach the rules. Yeah, I agree, John. It's, our club have been a mess. We all know this. Our club have been a mess for years. We've been telling you that here. You all know it. Um... So, punish the people who made those mistakes. Oh, no, most of them aren't at the club anymore, are they? And one is desperately trying to get out. Punish him. Tell him he can't have any money. Tell him he's got to sell the club and he can't have any any of the money. And that goes into the uh, EFL Christmas Fund or something. There you go. Um, GDI says, great, good evening. What a great few weeks of results wise it's been I was working away went to the pub for the Newcastle game full of Geordies and just me shirt louder than them all oh god you're a brave man you're a brave man right who we got on the line now Pat Pat hello Pat hey how you doing Pat how you doing Ned? oh man you sound tired what's going on oh I'm okay okay I just, you, you know I just sound, sound that way you sounded a bit oh you sounded a bit like oh here we go oh it's a good week, man. Come on. Oh, it's a great week. Um, <laughs> uh, about the stadium, it, it 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 boggles the mind that people can understand that we cannot build on Goodison's footprint. There's nowhere else to build. So, mm. like, the idea that we were ever going to do what the RS did across the park yeah. and build Anfield up. Yeah. We can't do that. We don't no. have the footprint to no. make Goodison bigger. And I would understand because there's examples like Anfield, like Wrigley Field like Fenway where mm. they've done a great job in updating the park and have probably gotten more out of it and I think if Everton Football Club had its choice they would have updated Goodison mm. Mm. but we can't no. we just can't there's no space there no we you know how many houses and businesses would they have to buy out and knock down and especially in our and it's too late for that anyways we're yeah. already building the stadium yeah, like uh, you were saying on the Tuesday topic yesterday, it's like buying what uh, Kane was saying. It's like having two houses, keep paying the keep paying the mortgage on the old one, and be, don't sell it, and then just have an empty property sitting there that you you know dither over for a year. Yeah. Mm. No, it's a strange situation, mate. I can't. If and again, I don't know whether there's anyone at Everton Football Club who can really make that decision. I don't know because the leadership team now that's gone black. What it's going on? The leadership team is, um, I don't think, can make those decisions. I really don't. So if they can't make those those decisions, I don't think they should be making any decisions. I certainly don't think they should be telling people that it looks like we're going to be leaving at the end of next season. Um, But because, I mean, for me, the I mean, what, you know, has this happened? Have you seen this happen anywhere in American sports? Because obviously it's a good, I always feel like it's a good, it's a good place to start when it comes to stuff like this, Pat, because 
American sports seems to me anyway, and you might be able to tell me different, are a lot more ruthless. Um, you know, they seem a lot more ruthless and obviously teams can move from city to city. But have you ever seen this where a club has moved or a team, sorry, has moved mid-season to a new stadium and they've just done it because that's just the way it is? Mm, let's think. Two. Um, never mid-season that I can think of. Um the one time the Bears were making their new stadium was they went down to U of I, which is, you know, five, six hours downstate, and they played the whole season there. Yeah. Um, in basically a cow field. Um <laughs> and try to think who else has changed stadiums. No, when when the Rams were making their new stadium, they were playing it in the um uh in the Coliseum still yeah. the entire year. I don't think anyone out here would do that, but but it's a different situation too, is that most sports uh, in America, because you sell uh, nostalgia, history, tradition is a huge part of sports world over. Mm. doesn't matter what sport, doesn't matter what country. And so the ideal is always to stay in your old stadium and update it, which, you know, because you lose something, you do. But, and I think that's maybe where Evertonians are, are nervous about. They've heard from West Ham fans. Mm. They've heard from Tottenham fans. We're missing White Hart Lane. They're yeah. missing, you know, they're talking to, they're, they're talking to Arsenal fans. We're missing Highbury. Um, there's, there's, you know, there's, there is a certain thing that might be lost, but we don't really have a choice. We're not in a situation where we could have updated Goodison, no. but we just chose not to. We don't, there's no option. There was no option. No, no. there's no, right? there's a... and, and, and in the case where there's no option, we find something that is, I mean, I, you want to talk about something that's historical from what I understand of Liverpool. The docks are an important part of the history of Liverpool. It's mm. a, it's a sort of um, an economically depressed area that's yeah, yeah. being rejuvenated. It's on the River Mercy, so you can even do what they do at um, in San Francisco, where they have you know kayaks or boats outside, yeah. whatever, waiting for Catch Ghana Gay to kick. Well, right, <laughs> when Ghana kicks one into the Mercy, um, you know those things, and it can be done well. You can do it well and still maintain the traditions of the club, and I, I think that's something that's important: is that you can go to a new. Um, a new stadium and still maintain the traditions of the club. People in San Francisco were very sad when they left Candlestick Park. Yeah, but their new park is right on the on the on the bay, right on the water. It's a beautiful park. It's great to go to, and people still love it. And it still holds tradition of Willie Mays and all the great giants of yesteryear. Yeah, um, so you can absolutely do it with a new stadium. You know, my choice personally would be if they could have updated Goodison, but we know that I've yeah. said that before we couldn't. So that that's a situation. Um, and I think people need to con- have that context of that is that in America, we also probably have more room just for the size, you know, the physical sides of the country to mm. go out in the suburbs and make new stadiums. So, you know, I think it's good. I think it's also a lovely, it looks like a lovely location. So I don't think we're going to be losing that much. No, of course people are people. I understand people, uh, they want to complete the season. They want to be able to say goodbye to Goodison and have a real, because um, we've obviously all got a real affinity with it and it's so special for all of us and that's all we've known all our lives. But I think, you, unfortunately, we've had this taken away from us because because of the decisions, who, the decisions of people who've, who've, who've um, been running the club. They've taken this away from us. Like, if if certain people, the people before these people hadn't dragged their feet, the stadium would have been built 
by now would have been being would have been getting open this season. But we lost a year because a certain individual at the club dragged his feet and got made a big mess of it, and they had to restart it again from scratch. Um, and then it, the timings have just been off. Sadly, when we st- when we. I mean, I'm not blaming anyone for for that, but obviously the timings of when we started the stadium meant it wasn't going to be completed by the time we all thought. I and mean, we all thought we were moving in the beginning of next season, and really that didn't get clarified till in the last, you know, um, what six months ago. Really, that that Weren't got we initially cl- promised this season, like initial outlines, or was think, that never the plan? I think when it very first started, it should have been. It should have been, but because we dragged our feet and literally just made a mess of it, you know, Robert Elston just made a mess of it. Um, it, it felt it was yeah. We lost a year, and then we were so we weren't promised, but we, it was sort of hinted at that we were going to go in it for the twenty twenty four twenty five season, and unfortunately, that is that time has just slipped away. Only what by what three months, four months. But I can't believe that three or four months is now going to mean that we're, we're not going to move into it till the following season. And again, yeah, it isn't perfect. And I appreciate everyone. Everyone like can't move mid-season. To me, that's just where we are. If you if you create a situation where a football club is desperate for money, then how can you sit there? How can anyone sit there and go, well, we'll wait? I just that that to me is it's not. It's just not living in the real world. You know, if Everton was to turn around and go, oh, don't worry, we've got this amazing financial uh, plan where for eight months the stadium's going to be used for this and it's going to be used for that. Then part of me go, yeah, okay, but the same part, but another part of me is like, but also though, I don't want anything happening in this stadium before we move in. I want everyone's first experience to be Everton playing a game, not a um, not a concert or a some kind of event. I want it to be Everton playing a game. So, and I know there will be test events anyway, but to me, it just doesn't make it. it really is. It really is illogical that a club that is struggling for money, people are linking us with administration and all this nonsense, and yet we're gonna leave a stadium um, unoccupied in terms of a in terms of sport for eight months. It's that's just crazy to me. It's insanity. Yeah. Uh, so there is a thing because my family used to be season ticket holders of the Chicago Bears back in Old Soldier Field, um, and we used to be around a lot of working class uh, people in our in our seats, and we knew them well, like you do, and the Gladys and everything. Yeah, and you and there is something we've lost in the new stadium, but you don't have to. You don't have to do that. Everton has been pretty good about not jacking up ticket prices yeah um at good as when they could when when clearly um even if it's only 30 you know 39 40 000 people they could have mm. i think as long as we don't price out the working class fan yeah we wouldn't so, have any fans the, if we were if we if we did well, that's pass. true we wouldn't have any fans well, I, I, I understand but this, but if yeah. you but you can you can try to do that right and just get tourist fans or whatever i know you guys have a different ticketing model so you can't exactly just you know get you know 20,000 people mm. on StubHub just come and get, you know, tickets and wherever they want. Um, so that's a little different. But if they mm. did open up more general admission, I think it would set that. I think that maybe is where the fear is coming from, is that they'll hear what West Ham fans say in London Stadium, you know, Arsenal fans say in the Emirates, yeah. what, um, what old old city fans say, at, you know, at the Etihad, and what um, Tottenham fans say that they're missing White, White Hart Lane. I feel like there's a genuine fear, but I, I've always trusted this club to at least 
make a effort to be seen as mm. as Moyes dubbed us the People's Club. And so I think I there will be hospitality sections and corporates and seats and everything like that. But yeah, as yeah. long as they don't raise the ticket prices to to price out the working class fan and keep it like yeah. they have at Goodison relative to the rest of the league. The atmosphere will be just as good, and it'll be on the river, and I think it'll be yeah, um, it'll be beautiful. Well, what did Emma Hayes just say this week? Emma Hayes said, uh, "Evolve or die." The coach, the Chelsea uh, coach, soon to be the American women's soccer coach, said, "Evolve or die," and that's where Everton. Uh, uh, that's what Everton are doing, simply because we have to move, and people have to get used to that, and people have to. People have to put their feelings, unfortunately, to one side, and their you know how they feel about Goodison Park because you're gonna have to just. To me, it's a no-brainer. I'm that guy. I'm like, I see it. I want it. I want to move in now. Yeah, I'm like that. You know what I mean? It's like that. You get a new job or you go on a holiday. You want to get done. You want to get finished. You want to get going. That's the way I am with the new stadium. I love Goodison Park. I love the emotion. The last two games have been amazing. It's not always like that, of course, but. I was in the fan zone before the game because me, me wife was up on the stage so my hair game too and it was just drab and dull and and you look at the new fan zone and holding 13,000 people and being able to hold events separate from Everton maybe can hold like little like concerts and things like that that's the kind of thing that this club has to evolve into uh, uh, you know a club that can hold big concerts on the inside and smaller concerts on the outside and making money every way they can. But like you said, by not ripping people off, but by giving people the opportunity, having a bigger store where people can go in and buy all kinds of different stuff. You know, my friend Eric was over last summer from the States and he said he went to Tottenham's ground because his lad was playing games over. He went to Tottenham's ground. He said the shop was just huge. And then you go to Everton's store and it's this tiny, tiny store that has very little in it, very little, few lines because they're like, well, we haven't got enough room for stuff. You've got to give people the option. You mentioned there the corporate side of it, giving people the opportunity to go to restaurants or go to different kinds of seats, things. You're not pricing them out. You're just giving them the opportunity. We can't do that at Goodison Park, and I think people are just going to have to put their feelings to a side. We're all excited, but I think some people are excited, but as it's getting closer, it's dawning on them. Oh, this could be the last time we play in a quarterfinal of the Cup next week. All these things. Don't worry about it. It's still us going to the new ground. It's still the hardcore fans going to the new ground, which isn't a big soulless bowl, by the way, which looks steep, which looks intimidating, which looks like we're all on the pitch. It looks the like wall, a fa- right? it looks like a fantastic opportunity, and we've got to take it. Yeah. So this is the one thing that I've heard from Americans coming over to English stadiums, but also at, at Goodison, in that. Um, I realized that if with retro jerseys in the shop, you probably can't like NEC doesn't make any sense anymore. Having, you know, Samsung or Hafina or, yeah. you know, Chang, you can't, I get it. You can't do that, but why not just have without the sponsor, some retro jerseys with some old names on it, if they want it or just numbers, because mm-hmm. I feel like given our, that we are a rich historical club, you want to have some of them and people want to have it with a just plain. That's fine. If you want to have it with some, you know, some old, old jerseys, you know, Obviously, it wouldn't make sense to have, you know, like, you know, mm. Reed or, you know, Psychopath's name on the back because they didn't <laughs> wear n- names on the back at the time. But having an old Six Jags jersey yeah. or Howard 24 or, you know, um, I can't remember what number Lescott was or, you know, Rooney's old 10 Five. or whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever. 
just make this loads of opportunities for new lines of merchandise. And retro stuff is, honest to God, the price of retro stuff is gone. Um, it's gone through the roof recently. And um, Everton should be. I know Adidas and Nike are going massively onto that. Uh, they're bringing back loads of retro stuff. So um, that that's definitely something. We there's loads of stuff we could do. Path loads, loads. I I legitimately would love to get like a '90s like a big donker like pull yeah. right out jersey because I I wasn't a fan at the time, but I want to appreciate that history. I want to have a absolutely. Piece of that. And and I can't get that. I have to go to like a third party site where I send it in the washing machine. And you see now it's come off on yeah. my Jags jersey. I mean, whatever, you can still get weird. them if you go to Score Draw. Score Draw is Everton's partner for retro gear. So if you go to ScoreDraw.com, you can get them on there. Yeah. So I, one thing I'm mad about about uh, classic UK shirts gave me was I ordered a 29, uh, like when the first season I started watching 0809, I wanted a Jag 6 jersey, and they sent me the 9091 instead of the 0809. So I have a Jag 6 jersey with NEC on there, and I'm going, <laughs> oh, this looks so stupid, but but I love it. It's like, it's my lucky jersey. Yeah. I've been wearing it when we won the last time, but I'm like, oh, this looks like I'm an idiot American. Are you kidding me? Mm. <laughs> I wanted, the, I wanted, and I got actually an, an 0809 jersey, but oh, whatever. Anyways, Excellent. all right. Nice one, Pat. See you later. Great chat. Thanks, mate. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Bye. I've cut my nose. I don't know if I've done it. I've cut my nose. That's what it was. It, your nose. it was blood on my nose. I've got tissue, but someone said it was chocolate. It, it wasn't. I haven't had any chocolate all day. It was blood on my nose. I've got like a little thing there that keeps on reappearing. I think I might need to go to the doctors, to be honest. Just get, ask them what it get is. Get that solder and just cut. Like, get the solder. Just like, like how a lightsaber. Mm. If you. Cut yourself I let Ned much. loose with a soldering iron today, believe it or not. I fixed a, dodge, a bad cable. I just accidentally... No, no, I, listen, you did a good job. You've done a good job. I mean, you've been working hard to... Um... I'm good with my soldering. I used to love soldering in you. Ned's good with the soldering. If anyone needs any soldering, doing. But then I put Ned's the cable man. back together, tested it, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. And then went to take it off and... It did. It, it the wires are rubbish on that. We paid a lot of money for them as well. We should send them back. But then they'll probably say, well, you've been soldering them. Yeah. Um, there you go. I've had no chocolate today. I've had me porridge and I've had me, me fuel, fuel, and that's about it. No sweets, no nothing. Um, no, I wasn't picking my nose. I've got it. Honestly, you can see the blood on my hands. Uh, have we got anyone else? Was anyone else yeah, in Yeah, I want to go grab them okay. right now. Posh Matty says, he's just throwing this in. I went to Paul Rideout's son's birthday party at Southport Pleasure Beach. That's really, really interesting. Pleasure Beach. Mm. That's really interesting. Uh, I don't know if there is a Pleasure Beach in Southport, but there you go. Uh, I know there's one in Blackpool. Um, let's read out some comments. Um, Gary Ward. Howdy, Gary Ward. Bainey says it would be ridiculous to have two grounds plus all the running costs and not move into the new one. More revenue, less cost. Doesn't make sense to stay at the old lady. Absolutely. Now, when we say they move into a new stadium, by the way, I do imagine if the stadium is ready to go this time next year, I imagine Everton will move quite a lot of people into that stadium um, who might have offices at Goodison Park. But, st- but what do they do on a match day? You know, or... So, and I'm, does the new shop open at the new ground, even though the new ground's not getting used? Would there be enough, would people go to the new ground if it had a big shop and buy stuff, even though the ground wasn't open and we weren't playing games at it? Do you know what I mean? 
do all the restaurants open in it, even though we don't play games there. You know, it's it's there's a lot of strange stuff that I don't quite get. Um, what? Commercial. Look how, look how much. Um, look at what Tottenham's new stadium done for. Put Tottenham. your mic by your. You're supposed to be the. Look what. Uh, look what Tottenham's new stadium done for Tottenham. No, well. And you need it for moving forward. And where we're in a city, mm. where Liverpool is the other team. I think having that stadium in the city centre and Liverpool don't... It can't be a white elephant for eight months, can it? It just can't. It can't no. be a white elephant for eight months. It can't just sit there. It can't just sit there and do nothing for eight months. It really can't. And I don't buy the excuse of test events. You can do test events. You can do three test events test in, a, events in about season. three weeks. Liverpool's done test events. You did a test event the other night. Got Jürgen Klopp on the pitch. Doing that. To do a Q&A. Right, Eddie. We've got Eddie. We've got Eddie on the call, by the way. Eddie, you there? Hello. Hello, Can you Eddie. Guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. Where are you calling from, Eddie? Um, Texas. Oh, nice, oh, nice. Wow, nice. I seen a tra- Eddie. I don't know. I seen a trailer today called Civil War, and it's t- the Texans' fault in the film. So, uh, <laughs> what is is it okay? Um... Civil War as in like the Mexican American No, no, War? like 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 uh, like the trailer just came out today for this movie called Civil War which is basically about um, like in real time now America having a civil war and it's the it's Texas and California take on the rest of America and create a civil war. It the trailer's amazing. Do you want to check it out? So it's all your fault. Just wanted to make sure okay. you knew that. Just wanted um, to make sure you knew that. All right. Sure, I, guess, I mean, I haven't. I have to look into that. Yeah, it's the first I've heard of it. Yeah, just look into it and then have a good look at yourself and say, "Did I do uh-huh. this?" <laughs> Go on, mate. <laughs> okay. Um. Um. Okay. So my question here, um, was, well, the first thing I had to uh, just point out, I don't feel Everton gets enough recognition, like on news outlets or like podcasts or like any sporting like punditry mm. because like i was i was just after like this week we've just done really well right yeah and i've been looking around just to like hear what other people think outside of like our fan base and i find it really difficult to find people talking about everything yeah which is kind of disappointing i i thought <clears throat> especially with how much we've been in the news, people would at least talk more about us yeah. in a better light. Yeah. Um. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Oh, no, you're absolutely I, right. I a little unjust. Um. Just because you all, I I think we deserve a little bit more credit. Like, well, especially Sean Dice deserves a lot of credit for what's yeah. happened. No, absolutely. No, absolutely agree with you. Um. It's it's normally people saying, "Well, Newcastle were tired," or "What was wrong with Chelsea?" Rather than having Everton done amazing, there is there is a, there are a few. I've heard a few say, it, like you know, proper football people talking about us saying, "Um, you know, they've done brilliantly, the points deduction and all this kind of thing." A lot of people are happy for us because we have managed to do. Because a lot of people feel like it's unjust, so they will talk about it, but. Sadly, like, you know, whether, I don't know, other YouTubers or, or people, you know, independent podcasters, whatever, they'll go where the story is and the story isn't really, 
whenever it, it's not evident in a positive light, put it that way. It's normally evident in a negative light, and what you know, all the bad things that are happening to Everton. So when there's a bit of positivity, you want to let, you want it to flip the other way, but people just tend to ignore us. It's been like this for a long, long time, and the only way, to, I suppose, is to. I suppose to to start getting to a place where people are like Aston Villa, what Aston Villa are doing or what Newcastle are doing, because really it's I know it's it's our club and if you take away all the drama, I suppose it's a bit like I don't know if you looked at like Crystal Palace or someone like that. Not that not I mean we're we're a much bigger club than that, but I imagine if you're a Crystal Palace fan, you probably don't turn on podcast and ever hear anyone really having too much to say about your club either. So. It, we have to elevate ourselves as a football club and maybe that's, again, when we're talking about the new ground, that'll be a really good starting place for that to give a different perception of ourselves because it has just been negativity for the last two two years or so. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, and th- there is something else I wanted to talk about here. Go on. Um, which was, so, like, the January transfer window is coming up <laughs> and after after... Like, well, this week with, like, injuries and mm. yellow cards. I I know we had a small squad, but now I realize how small <laughs> it is. Yeah. Because, well, with when, once Ghana leaves to go to the uh, African Cup, yeah, we'll be down to having Garner, Decore as, like, his split roles, mm. where he can drop if he needs to. Yeah. Delhi, whenever he's fit. Yeah. And Gomez, yeah, and I, I'm not very confident that that can get us through the busy time, like the busy time at all. Yeah. And the question I have is, do you think we'll have money to spend in January? Um, no, is this is the answer? I think we're gonna have to be. I mean, the busy. To be fair, the busy period really is the next three weeks that's the real busy period it actually in january it settles down somewhat because you've got uh two weekends for fa cup ties or or thursday nights as we're playing you've got a week off there's a there is a winter break where we get a week off um and then and and i think and i think there's a league game as well so and obviously the afcon goes into the first two weeks of of february as well i think we play i think i think ghana misses four games so, and that, but that's over. I think four weeks. So it's a case of, it's a case of hoping that the squad has got some, has got some kind of, um, you know, hasn't got players on yellow cards and is fit. So, but as a as talking about like bringing players in, I think we're going to have to be very creative. I think we're going to have to maybe look at the loans and maybe see if there's anyone we can bring in or if there's a couple we could bring in. And maybe lose someone. So, but if maybe if an offer for Ben Godfrey came in, say right, we can sacrifice him and we can bring a couple of loans in in the short term, and then look again in the summer when the finances reset again and we know where we are um, in terms of everything. But I don't think there'll be actual money to spend because there really wasn't any money to spend in the summer. We were just very very creative with with the deals we've done. So. When I say that, what I mean is obviously Ashley Leung came in for nothing. Um, there was a very, very small down payment for uh, Chimiti. Dan Juma did actually cost us money, and he's the only person we put any money down for in the summer. And um, Beto didn't cost us any money in the summer 
that is the, the first payment for Beto is next summer. So yeah. Dan Juma was the only person we paid for, and he's on loan. And and look, and he doesn't even play. That's the irony of the whole situation. So Kevin Felwell had to be really creative, and that's why it was a very frustrating window because he had to do deals that suited us. Um, and we're going to have to do that again in January. But how do you convince someone to come in in January? Yeah, I don't know. There might be players out there who are want to play in the Euro, say, or whatever it is. But they're going to have to force their way into the team very, very quickly. Now, for a midfielder, that might be easier if Garner's away. There's an instant chance to get in there. And maybe if you could bring him in and maybe you let uh, Andre Gomez go or something like that. I don't know. But I think we're going to have to be very creative. But the only thing I would say about that is... There hasn't been rumours, there hasn't been too many rumours about anyone coming in. I know there hasn't been a lot of rumours about anyone signing anyone in January. It doesn't sound like it's yeah. going to be particularly busy. It's been really quiet so far um, about the whole transfer thing. It's been really quiet. But I think we're going to have to be creative. And creativity normally t- means it's long-term. You've been doing a deal over a long time to build relationships. I'm not really... There's not really any... Not really hearing anything. So money, no. Loans, maybe. Um, and if it's a couple that could boost the squad, then that would be really good. Would you take Calvin Phillips on loan? No, I I wouldn't. Go on, Ned. I I think at the moment I think we've got a team, and I'm sure they'll agree. And I think if they can achieve what they set out to this season, and they think they can do that pretty comfortably without bringing players in, and there's not a certain need for, you know, we need we need a centre back or we need a centre midfielder. Um, I think if we can get by and do what we need to do without going and spending money or bringing someone in or getting someone who might end up just being like another Dan Juma who isn't, you know, as, as fully involved. Because the good thing, good thing is about our team, it's not a huge squad, and we haven't yeah. got a lot, you know, yeah. a, a huge amount of players, the players that aren't buying into what Dietrich's doing or are a part of it. Where we've had in the past, we've had players mm-hmm. like Demari Gray who's not really buying into it, isn't a part of it. We've seen to have got a quite a small squad who's, they've all got a job and they all play a part and they're all quite together mm-hmm. in that I think if you start adding to that with, with more players who don't play it starts adding a bit of bit of a bad atmosphere but I think if you've if we've got the team that we believe is good enough to get where we need to be this season even without the even without the 10 points that um might not get get back to us yet then mm. I don't think there's any need need to go and try and spend money when we're under scrutiny, even if it's loans and we bring players in, do we really need them or are they going to end up more like a, you know, like a Ruben Vinagre situation where they're just oh, in the team yeah, but they're yeah. not really part of the team. They're in the squad but they're not part of the team. Mm. Um, or are we going to still give chances to players like Dobbin off the yeah. bench who proved that he can he can have an impact? I, 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 I don't think we should bring anyone in personally. I was going to ask, I feel Dobbin needs a loan. Like... I've, I, I think he does, but I don't think we can afford to give him one. Mm. That's the problem. No. Yeah, you know, because like we brought in Dan Jumon alone, and I understand he might not fit Dice's system. Mm. But I th- Dobbin is showing so much promise in in, in the under twenty ones. He's probably like one of our best players there. And I feel he just if I feel this will do more harm to him. If if we if we keep him on the bench and give him yeah. like ten minute cameos, yeah, no, I I take your point, and I think that's I think that's where we were 
uh, at the beginning of the season when we didn't have the players and players didn't sign till late and then he missed the opportunity. I suppose it's up to him now to force his way into the side and, and get an opportunity. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I was just, I'm literally just looking at the fixtures here on my phone and in the second half of the season, I think there's only two midweek games. There's January the 30th where we play Fulham away and then there's Newcastle in... April, April the third, we're playing on a Wednesday at the moment. It's probably get moved to a Thursday. No one knows. Um, and I, but obviously, there's FA, if there's a, if we get past Palace, then the FA Cup, and if we get past uh, Fulham in the League Cup, there's an opportunity to play in semi final. So there's only going to be two games in the Premier League that are outside Sat weekend games. So I think it'll settle down. And I think yes, the squad is small, but as Ned was saying there, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, a lot of players in there who f who are really in it together. You feel that, yeah. And we've just got to yeah. make sure that if we do bring anyone in, we they're the right person. And Cal Calvin Phillips would be an amazing player, but I just can't imagine a scenario he signs for Everton with the wages and everything. I just City would have to pay all those wages. I don't know. I don't know if anyone else is in for them. But um, well, they have. Uh, and if Pep believes there's a player in yeah. there. City has the money and they would they don't really need him so I, f I, I don't think it would cost us anything no no part. well if he didn't it'd be a good low move I mean whether he'd get in the side again that's the problem he'd have to force his way into the side I'm not saying our midfield's amazing but you have to be quick and get in there and the manager sort of quite likes the situation we've got at the moment and yeah. um, I don't know sometimes it's mad isn't it because sometimes you go we need a bigger squad and you look at the team and go well, where, where would they actually get in you know, I'm not saying our team's amazing because it's not, but it's like, well, where, where right now, or where are the opportunities to rotate? Right now, looks really busy and really hectic, but it can yeah. soon settle down very quickly because just playing Saturday, 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 or Sunday, whatever it is. So we'd all like extra players. We could do with them right now. That's that's the real thing. Um, yeah. But 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 yeah, we'll wait and see. But if we could. I'll be honest, if we could get through January and we didn't bring any players in and we got to the end of the season and everything was fine, then that would probably be the best scenario, really, that we yeah. didn't bring any more, that we didn't add extra, um, uh, we didn't push the finances any further. I think at the moment we could do with just getting to the end of the season. Again, it's another season. You're ticking them away one by one. Um, yeah. But if we could get to the end of the season and we haven't had to bring anyone in, and we 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 finish off relatively fine in the league. I think that would be the ideal scenario. Okay, yeah. And the the last thing I want to touch on is: Would you guys do you think there's a possibility? You think it would be smart to see if we could get Jack Harrison on a permanent deal? Um. Yeah, we've been talking about this quite a lot. Um. In the studio, amongst ourselves, about Jack Harrison, and I think it's it's. It's differed quite a lot. Like, you know, I think it's sometimes it's game after game. I think ultimately it's the scenario, isn't it? There's the guy signed a new contract with Leeds in April. So yeah. he's got he'll he'll have he'll have four years left on a contract, I think, in April. So coming up to the summer, Leeds if Leeds get up, does do they want to sell? He's a good player. He'll have been playing in the Premier League all season. They do they want him back? Well, if they do, then his cost suddenly goes up. If they stay in the in they stay in the championship, then his price might be minimal because he won't want to go back. 
Yeah. Apparently, I mean, I say apparently, there is a rumour that there is a clause in his contract for around 15 million. Now, I say that as on, I have no real idea. It's just something that's been mentioned a couple of times. Um, If there's a clause in his contract for, say, 15 million, then yes, I think he, he balances the side really well. He gets goal contributions. He's not always amazing for 90 minutes, but I appreciate because he's a winger. They are in and out of games, but his goal contributions, I mean, suppose if you look at like in the money ball situation, if you look at it from that point of view, he's probably the kind of player you want. He's always involved when we score goals or typically always yeah. involved. So if you look at it from his worth, he'd be a great signing. But again, I just think it. the first factor is leads don't come up. I think we've got a great chance of keeping him. Um, if he has got a clause in his contract, I think we've got a great chance of keeping him. But if he hasn't and leads come up, then then we're then we're going to be struggling because we've seen they like to play hardball and they've certainly played hardball with Everton in the yeah, last. Uh, so that's got made it's going to make it tough. The player could try and force his way out, but it, will that re- they, again they've proved that um, it doesn't really work like that. So we'll have to wait and see. But I, I'd I'd like him around. The, I like him. I like him around the squad. I think where we are right now, he fits us perfectly. Yeah, I I I, I agree because. What I've heard, I, I I didn't know about the the fifteen million because the rumors I heard is Leeds would only sell him for anything. Well, they would sell thirty thirty million and above, mm. which is I I think that's a little steep for him. Yeah. Like he is a quality player, but no, I wouldn't pay thirty for him. I don't. Yeah, because if we were trying to spend thirty on Nato, who I don't <laughs> think is as good of a player, yeah, as Harrison, I don't. I, I just, I could see our front off or our Kevin Thelwell trying to do it, or like our ownership trying to get the deal done, just because of like how he performed this season. Mm. But I also don't think it's the smart thing to do. Yeah, but and I also have, just we have to start doing the smart stuff, haven't we? That's what we need yeah. to start doing. Yeah. But I also just don't see any. Right, like right wingers, yeah, out there, which is like hard to say because, like, I, I, I mean, I haven't been really looking, but I, I just don't see like a lot of good right-sided players mm-hmm. that would the system because yeah. there's like there are players, but I just know that the way Dice plays, they they just wouldn't work because it's yeah. like a Dan Juma. Like, there's a lot of good players like Dan Juma out there that yeah. we could probably get for the cheap, but. Would they fit in the system, and would he even choose them? Yeah, which is the mo- more important thing. Well, ultimately, we th- we don't have to, as fans, come up with names or suggestions. Yeah, and and yeah, I think, you know, there's, I'm sure the professionals at Everton can go out and find someone. Because let's be honest, Harrison. Yeah, it's too early to say anyway, and the whole situation, you know, leads a third currently. Whether they'll come up, which will make it more interesting, I don't know. But Harrison is a is a base level winger, and he, he's bang average for me, and a, and a, and he's good, and if there's a good deal there to to, to sign him, then yeah. But I'm surely I'm sure for thirty million, our our scouts, which they're professionals to find find the players who who will suit our team, and find the best deal they can. I'm sure they can get someone better for thirty million. But mm. like you know, like we've said, the, the situation will be interesting with yeah. whether leads come up or not, and how much. How much do I want him? But he's he's a good player. 
ultimately he, he suits us. But even if he was our best player, I'd still be looking to get better. Ultimately, the, if, 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 you're, we should have. if you're Everton scouts, it's your job right now to find someone who is like Jack Harrison, isn't it? That's your job right now to scour yeah. Europe and find someone who is like Jack Harrison on the off chance or or certainly on the 50-50 chance that he's not at Everton next season. Mm. Find the other, find another Jack Harrison. Find it, the next Jack It Harrison can't be that hard, surely. It surely can't be that hard to find a winger with his profile somewhere around Europe or even somewhere in this country. They must, they must be out there. So that's their job now. I honestly think that this might also be biased because I'm American, but <laughs> there's been right, right midfielders here in the MLS that mm. I, I don't, I don't know how they would transition over, but I, I feel MLS and even well, South America too. But I don't know the the U.S. national team is getting a lot better, so yeah, I, I, a lot of good players on the right side mm. that are so. And they work hard. We know the grafters. We know American players haven't had them ourselves, obviously, as we know the graft. And, and there is there is loads of markets out there. And, of course, Jack Harrison came through America. You know, that's where probably a lot of that hard work was was put into him, was playing through the American college system and then going to, to New York and playing in MLS with players. Don't forget, this is a guy who had two World Cup winners in his team when he was at yeah. New York. This is a guy who um, knew he had to elevate himself with the hard work so he knows what what grafting is he and he's and the talent has come with it so it's a case for him of it's a case for him to, of keeping doing the same thing and 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 hopefully everton will want him at the end of it but if not let's go and find the next one let's go and find the next one that fits the profile someone who works hard that works hard for the team and that's what sean dice wants ultimately yeah well thank you guys nice for, one great call um, cheers Bye. See you later. Good call. Good call there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't know if your Jack Harrison bang average um, comment there is going to go down well. Why not? Just don't think it will. He's bang average. Don't bang think it will. He, that doesn't mean he's bad. Sounds like you're saying it's bad. No, he's just a bang. He's just your average Premier League winger. Is he your average Premier League yeah. winger, though? I think he'd be quite happy with a Premier League. If I was an average Premier League footballer, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be talking to you. I'd be like, I'm an average Premier League winger. <laughs> Is that what you'd be doing? Yeah, I'd be like walking around going, I'm in the Premier League. And I'm average. <laughs> I mean, that's that's in, that's very very. Interesting. You'd rather be that than like, like than a bad uh, winger, wouldn't that's you? Very very interesting. It's not Mo Salah, is he? Um, Mo Salah's one of the best players in the world. There you go. But that's not bang average, is it? There's a difference well, between Mo Salah bang, bang average and one of the best players in the world. There is a difference yeah. between those two. Harrison teams. is a huge difference from Mo Salah because he's average. Uh, Neil Starr says, Gents, regarding the new stadium, the initial design included Everton lettering facing out into the Mersey. That's not technically correct, but Neil, but I'll continue. Has this since been discarded for the final design? If so, that would be a shame. Well, it was on the south stand, so it wasn't really facing the Mersey. And that was, and I asked about it because I didn't particularly like it. It is. A, it was a placeholder, essentially. It was a placeholder for that on that glass. I would like to see, like a big badge on the glass if you're going to put something there. I don't like. I don't like that. F or Everton in a different font. I don't particularly like that font they were using. It's a font Everton have used since the 80s, and I always think it was horrendous. Um, 
so it was like a placeholder essentially and I think even Dan Mice said that that it was a placeholder so um, we'll wait and see we'll wait and see who we got now it's Brian we've got Brian hello hello Brian evening lads hello Brian go on mate Another popular show is. I like this show getting more popular. Yeah, the more callers, the better, mate. Or from all around the world. Indeed, indeed. Uh, well, I was sort of pick up uh, after watching the last couple of games or upturning form, and then watching comparing that with uh, the Chelsea performance, and then Man United last night, mm. and then something you picked up on today. I had the exactly same thought. You talk about United not having any backbone in the tie in the side, and I agree on Charlie. And um, you look at Chelsea; they were the same. There was nothing there. Mm. You look at Man City; they got a goalie, they got Rodri, they got Haaland. But then uh, you look at us. Oh, what have we got? We got Pickford, Brunthwaite, Tarkovsky, Anana, mm. and Dominic Cavalloon. Yeah. Mm. Now that's what I call a bloody good backbone. There's a lot to build on there, so I think. There's, um, despite all the doom and gloom, there's of genuine science for optimism here. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just a case of which players we can keep, which players we you know, as the transfer market develops next summer. Mm. Uh, but I really do think there's uh, reason for, for, for a little bit of optimism. Mm. Yeah. We should we should deal with this uh, relegation fight for but that way this season without any problem. Mm. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, absolutely right. I don't think it's also. Yeah, I thought always... United was so embarrassing last night. Well, yeah. it's interesting that you. Look. It's interesting that you compare Chelsea to United because I think they're in a similar situation. Because you mentioned the quality players we've got, um, and it's not always about the individual players. Of course, you need quality, but if you look at United, and I think, I think them having zero draws just shows you exactly the team <laughs> they are. I think they've got players that can get them through games. If the if the opposition team is not quite organised or quite um, got a lot, of, a lot of quality in the team, they've got players who, when they're on it, they can get through, they can win those games individually and get mm-hmm. them through those games. But when they, they come up against a team that's more organised, and it's why I was disheartened when we got beat 3-0 by them, because I really fancied us. When they come up against a team that's more organised or just wants it more like a team like Bournemouth default a bit, they can see the three at home five times this season, which mm-hmm. shows that when they do get beat, they just the reds drop and they falter bits. And Chelsea are similar. They've had games where this individual plays with quality, like plays like Sterling. They come through and they win the games. But those games where they play a team that are just a bit more organised and a bit and a bit more, a bit more assured of what they're doing and a bit more bought into what the what the style of football they're playing, they falter bits. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you compared those two teams, Brian. Yeah, well, I think United have to start playing with draws. Maybe that'll help them. Um, <laughs> Uh, but the, the other thing I was thinking about also is about uh, staggering about the weekend. Uh, we've had discussions about our manager and substitutions, and his, uh, he ignores the obvious, like Harrison being absolutely knackered but staying mm. on the pitch. Uh, players who are having a really bad game but being left on the pitch and making substitutes with two minutes to go. And so you're thinking, what's the point? Uh, so this, well, we were really surprised, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Garner, who this season has already played on the yellow card and, yeah. and got by, he substituted at half-time. Now, I also expect him to be taken off, but not about the 60, 70th minute. Yeah. So that's really surprised us there. Yeah. So um, uh, 
But then why did he take off Calvert-Lewin so early? Because mm. he was a, he had a fantastic game, I thought. He was superb. Was the way he held the ball up and laid it off brought the other players into, into the game. Uh, his, target, his target man play was really, really good. And as was said on the final word, we missed that when he went off. Yeah. Uh, we tried it's like playing with Gary Lineker again, you know, balls over the top into yeah. for better to run on to. Uh, so what gets me is, uh, and then of course, he brings on um, uh, young Dobbin. Now, I wanted <laughs> Dobbin on earlier, yeah, I really did want him on earlier, but he didn't. He waited till near the end, which is, I thought, the one so he should have made earlier. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, not that I know a lot of football. He's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't, isn't he? I'd like to think that. I mean, the Ghana one, I thought was the correct thing because I just didn't. I thought. Once Agreed, he was, but I thought it'd be later. Yeah, yeah, but I just thought that there was two reasons I thought it was the right move. Number one, with no one in midfield was tackling once Ghana got booked, so they were getting through was quite easy. And the second reason was knowing he was on a book, knowing he was booked and he wasn't available for next week. What a great opportunity to give Onana half a game, knowing that he's going to have to play 90 minutes next week, rather than him starting, uh, you know, I know he'd have another week training, but a great way to get him back into the team. He hasn't been in the side since the Palace game, uh, but he obviously only played the first half. Get him back in the side, get him in a big game, get him back on the ball, and now nobody's worried I suppose about next week to think and right. Onana's had half a game now and he'll be all right for the Burnley game. So I thought it was a really clever move that the, the Don one, I imagine that might be something to do with keeping an eye on uh, him physically. So whether they've got him monitored and got the heart monitor, uh, got the, the, the sensors on him, maybe it's something to do with that. I don't know. But again, Again, it's at, you know I didn't really think the better sub work, but at the same time, if it's if we've won the game and if it's given Dom a thirty minutes rest, then that's ideal as well. And the Dobbin one, I almost felt like it was just to get someone on to help Patterson, and he and he worked hard, and then he got his goal. So all in all, it worked. And and to be almost looking at the other side of the subs, normally we're criticising Dice for not making subs, but I thought he made three. Uh, you know, from the in hindsight, they've worked out all three of the subs. At the time, it was a bit like scratching your head, but they've worked out, and that's why he's the manager, isn't he? So, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's just the, the the way he's been doing and not doing subs all season, and then the mm. ones he does on Saturday took us all by. Yeah, it was a gasp. He was shocked. <laughs> uh, the timings of them, I couldn't. I had nothing against the substitutions. Yeah, I yeah. just thought the timings of them were all yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Calvert-Lewin could have been carrying a niggle, but he's played through. He's played through uh, games before. Mm. He's not been taken off. Harris has not been taken off. Yeah. Uh, Young's not been taken off, but he's let them left them on the pitch when it was blatantly obvious yeah, they shouldn't yeah. be there. Uh, and yet this time, I wanted Dobbin on earlier. Okay, mm. the Calvert-Lewin had left on another another ten minutes anyway, uh, and but I was pleasantly surprised bringing on the on Anna. Yeah, it's just the timing seemed to be yeah, all yeah. messed up. The fact he's making substitutions is a step in the right step forward. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But it's just the timings of my thought were rather yeah, weird. yeah, yeah, absolutely. There you go, nice one, Bry. All right, that cheers. See you later. Well, take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks, Brian. Um, talking about young players, Mika Hamilton has put Manchester City ahead in the tie. Really? I've never heard of him before. He's 20-year-old. He's just smashed one in. I've just seen it. He's, what, guess what number he is? 
87. 92. Oh, it's five off. 92 is squad number is. Because I, can it be like five each way? No. Oh. no I mean, it's, it's, not a, it's not like a it's not a guessing game. I, I'm, I asked oh. him what his number was. Um, Everton clip on the super chat. Go on, mate. That was How to are that, we? Not felt this connected in a while. Fair play. Yeah, it's great, isn't fair it? Play. When we games. Fair play. I feel like you're just doing an advert for your own YouTube channel there, but fair play to you. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. We, that take, is, we take money for that. We, that's no, I have no issue with that whatsoever. That is Everton Clip. Go and check them out. See if they're worth subscribing to. Happy days. They've just given us a super chat. No issue with that. On Instagram. No issue with that at all. Um, Ned Ned Fed says Jack Harrison is just an average Premier League player. It's a joke of a statement. No, it's not. Smart, uh, laughing face, laughing face, laughing face, laughing face. He went down with Leeds in, in a team. He, he didn't play every game in. And clearly wasn't yeah. amazing. And then went to Everton on loan. What does that say about him? Why do you hate all our players? I like Harrison. I really like him. And I hope he does. I play, like him, but, but I, I like think he's deal. bang average. But he's bang average, like most of our players. But they're working really no, hard. No, I'm not working really I'm hard. Not arguing, you know what? I'm not arguing games. with you. The 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 proof will be at the end of the season. Like like any player, like any player. I'm not arguing with you. I'm not. I'm not. They're just average footballers. They're just. They're just. They're just men. They're just normal men. They're just normal Innocent men. Normal men. Right, I want to go sort Rich out because Rich has been waiting patiently. Okay. James says guy. Ned hates Everton. Pass it on. James, don't be spreading false rumours about me. Anthony Osman says Harrison is a good hard worker but understood Ned's opinion. Harrison not got a, a, a bundle of skills tricks, flicks and running at a defender but my my opinion works hard but for 30 million look elsewhere yeah that's if he is 30 million who have we got now Rich we've got Rich hello Rich hello 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 can you hear me can hear you Rich go on mate oh nice one yeah um, yeah uh, just uh, I think there's a difference between average and bang average if you're Ooh, bang average that isn't good is it has Ned started nah, something here yeah. he's, oh, he's, he's, he's bang average he's Ned just, started yeah, bang, a beef bang, bang, like. bang average go on is, Rich go on lay into me above. lay into him well bang average is one above crap <laughs> no bang it's a nice way isn't bang it though average bang average is a nice way of saying someone's crap that's the way yeah. I look at it what I yeah. mean when I say bang average yeah. is you're just average so why didn't you yeah. just say he's just average then you could because... say you could say you could say he's a good average yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah, you know, but if I say what what time is it, and you say ten, and yeah. it is ten o'clock, you say it's bang on ten. No. It's exactly ten. So <laughs> I'm saying that bitch, he's bang on average. <laughs> he's bang average. That's you... not like if there's no like levels average, bang average, bad. It's just bang. Av- you're average or you're not. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, you can't um, be kind of average. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy if you're bang average, Ned. It's fine with me, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He but, is. I'm yeah. a bang average guitarist. Well, I'm still pretty good at guitar. There you go. But there's levels, isn't there? Yeah. I well, thought you yeah, were the world's and... greatest guitarist. No, I'm better than a cheering though. <laughs> Everybody's better than Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah of course anyway. they yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I tried listening to Ed Sheeran, and I, I'd rather poke me out with a daffodil, to be honest. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, you might have covered it. I missed the start of the show, so you might have covered this already. But um, uh, the report about potential administration, which I've mm. only seen come in via yeah. the Daily Mail and GB News. Yeah. Uh, and um, and have been kind of, uh, there's been some sort of, um, you know, rebuttal in the echo 
Um, but th- th- that's all I've seen about it. It doesn't seem to have made a big splash. It, no. Is it real or is it just a, a, a bang average story from the Daily Mail? It's a bang average story from the Daily Mail. Well, uh, yeah, so here's the story. The story is that 777 have effectively said that this is the last that they have made now their last payments essentially to Evan um, because they expected the deal to be done by now. So I and we I think the payments cover up to the end of January. So they've paid that. It's if it gets done, then they own the club and they continue. If it doesn't get done, they walk away, as you would expect. So what the mail are saying is, well, it's not going to be done. Because it's December, whatever, the 13th or whatever it is. Um, you know, the Premier League will probably be having loads of Christmas parties and there'll be no one in the office and then they'll come back in January. So it won't be done by January. By that time, if it doesn't get done, uh, Mishiri's not going to put his hand in his pocket because basically that's what everyone thinks. And the, if the club can't pay the bills, then they're going to administration. They go into administration. They'll get nine points of deduction. They get nine points of deduction. They'll get relegated. So essentially, it's it's da, 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 da. it's just connecting all dots that are not like you know necessarily in the right order. So, but how you know how do you know that one thing will be? How do you know it'll be a domino effect? Mishiri, surely, if he owns Everton Football Club and continues Everton Football Club, will have to put money into Everton Football Club because otherwise the club would go bust in a not in a short term but in a longer term if it doesn't get money put into it and it has to. So to me, yeah. to me, there's like a small bit of truth in it, and the truth is just being expanded to a point where it blows up like a an overfilled balloon or something. Um, there is a, there is as always with any anything Matthews writes. There's a shred of truth in it, and then that shred is just blown up. Yeah, I mean, I I was thinking that about Mashiri. He's you know surely he will want to protect his investment as it, so if it doesn't go through if the seven 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 deal doesn't go through he will need to protect his investment so that another buyer will come in and pay the full asking price for it because if we go into administration the value of the whole club will plummet and um and he will walk away with you know massive losses yeah Uh, or maybe nothing at all exactly and the club would be relegated you'd imagine if it had to took nine points like any club would be who's, who's in the bottom half of the table be relegated. The the club would be worth nothing. Um, he wouldn't be able to sell it to anyone. Whereas Everton Football Club, like we were talking about this earlier, Everton Football Club right now is things are starting to look a little bit, little mm. bit rosier, looking better mm. on the pitch. Stadium, you know, the stadium is like the inside bowl could be done in the next couple of weeks. You know, the all the terracing and all the upper seating could be done. The lower seating. Looks like it could be done by the time Easter rolls around. If you're on the outside looking in, I'd be thinking, God, if we could get this for absolute buttons and make money on it, no problem. So, you know, a serious investment group out there, a hedge fund or whatever, could be looking going, oh, my God, look what you get for your money. And, mm-hmm. you know, if Everton, if this does fall through and they know he wants out and they know he's desperate because he's having to put money into it, they'll be like, we can get this for buttons. Let's get in there. Let's get the stadium. And even if we flip it in two years' time, we're going to make a lot of money out of this football club. 
because it's a Premier League football club and Premier League football clubs aren't going to go for sale all the time. There's and 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 the market, the Premier League market is huge now and it's outstripping all of the other European leagues. So I I do think there's that I just do I think these stories are just built on sand a lot of them. Yeah, no, I'm sure I'm sure that's right and um I mean what it does I mean what it does kind of highlight again is how much work there is to do to uh, to improve Everton's commercial um, performance. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, it is just, it is pathetic. It, it, you know, I mean, I can't remember how much it was in the last accounts that we generated through uh, through commercial activities. It's like three million quid or something. Yeah, it's it was garbage. Utter. I mean, you could go out and busk for more than that. You know, it's just, it, you know, so whoever comes in, whoever gets hold of this club has got to improve that. And it's like... Uh, when I uh, when I actually um, uh, joined the show just before is when you were saying, Ped, I think about yeah. you know um, Spurs and their kind of uh, store and yeah. uh, and everything that they've done to kind of build up their commercial uh, activity. Yeah. And uh, you know, you look back at the last however many years. Mm. I mean, it's hard now to 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 kind of give a, a an objective view of of Bill Kenwright, isn't it? But you know, I mean, I have to say one of the things that frustrated me about Bill Kenwright was the, the the really poor performance of Everton off the pitch. Yeah, we were we were we were dinosaurs, absolute yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah. You know, we we went into the Premier League as one of the as one of the five that created it. And every and and we just stood there thinking, yeah, this is this is what football will be for the next twenty years. While everyone else was like, no, mate, look at look what's happening in America yeah. with merchandising and stadiums and corporate hospitality. And we just sat there. You know, we didn't even build a two tiered parking, for God's sake. That's how bad we were. And that was basically paid for by somebody else. And we've continued to be ten years behind everyone else. And now we are in a situation... I mean, people get a lot of praise at Everton for building the stadium, but the stadium should have been built 20 years ago. Let's let's get it right. Everton needed a stadium 20 years ago. Roberto Martinez told me 10 years... Not dropping any names here, because there was other people in the room, but Roberto Martinez told me 10 years ago that we needed a new stadium. Um... Yeah. If we wanted oh, well, to... I mean, you know, is that, that's, been, that's been obvious for... Yeah. You know, for 30 years. But um, it was a case of... Well, let me just... But I was asked to leave that out of an interview, because... They didn't want to. People at the club didn't want to make um, a, a big thing about it. And this is the manager of the football club telling me, and I was asked to leave it out of an interview, um, out of an edit, which I did because yeah. because I was I was I was a guest, so I did. Yeah. But but that's the way the football club has been. It's like, don't look at our look. Oh, look at the charity. The charity's doing amazing. The club shop. The club shop should have been. I've been told numerous times. I know people who work for fanatics. The club shop should be huge and fanatics yeah. can create stuff for it while it's got a tiny shop and a tiny shop in town really relative liverpool's next door and that's much bigger so the shop can't sell as much gear and then as a football fan maybe you get in habits of not even looking at everton gear anymore because you're like oh what's the point it's always rubbish or whatever um and now Everton in a situation where they've had to do a deal with obviously Stake, which aren't the greatest one in the world, but they're willing to put the money out there, which other people aren't. They've gone in with Kick, and Kick are a subsidiary of Stake. And I imagine when they uh, when the um, ban on advertising gambling sites, that'll just swap. Kick will probably go to the main share unless someone comes in and blows it away. And it looks like we're going to get a new kit deal with Castell, who 
we've all seen this year, or if you've been following the story, their kits are literally falling to bits or are too wet. But they they look like they've come in with the biggest deal and are gonna, you know, chase. And if that means Hummel's being chased, and these people are, and that's where Everton are as a football club. Obviously, the people who pay the most obviously are gonna get the deals, but. It's not, you know, you want we want more, you want bit better, but that's where we are at right now. Yeah, and yeah, it's so frustrating, isn't it? You know, to me, it's not rocket science any of this. It, no. You know, if you've got somebody that's good at the job that can do this stuff, you'll fix it really mm-hmm. quite quickly. And um, you know, it, it doesn't help anybody if you start um, providing and producing really poor quality stuff. Yeah. Um it, it it affects the whole reputation of the club. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean I think um we can only hope that when a new board and new owners do come in, they will appoint people that can actually do do these kind of jobs and, and really improve the position of Everton off the pitch as well mm-hmm. as on the pitch. Because I mean, unless until we improve off the pitch properly, you know, we're always gonna be at best treading water. You know, we're gonna be relying on Kevin Thelwell. To you know, wheel and deal, and Sean Dice to squeeze every last drop out of them, and all the rest of it. So yeah. Um, by the way, Kevin Thelwell, he's an, he's an impressive guy, isn't he? When he talks, yeah, um, yeah. I've and been again, really impressed with him. And you've noticed that cultural change at, at the club recently as well, with 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 that kind of thing as well. Him doing more interviews, you know, obviously yeah. them releasing the podcast with with uh, podcast with Julia that went down an absolute storm. Um, not sure. You know, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure there would have been conversations about the at the club about that as well. But that went down a storm. People like Evertonians like open, honest conversations about what's going on at their football club. And the minute you shut that door on Evertonians, the minute they start <laughs> trying to knock down that door, and then that creates people. You've got to be. Oh, it's our football club. You've got to be open and honest about what's going on. And the more yeah. someone does that, you know, Kevin Felwell, I listened to an interview he did a couple of weeks ago, podcast he did. And the, the the guy was like saying to him, things seem to be improving. And he was like, yeah, th- you know, they're getting better, but let's not let's not run before we walk. He was calming the situation down, but he was being honest. He was like saying, listen, we didn't spend any money. When we aren't we aren't flush with cash. You tell a fan that most of the time they'll go sand. No problem. We've been talking about it earlier about any signings in January. We were like, no, they probably won't be. But at least we know that. At least we're not going to sit around being told by the owner, oh, there's definitely going to be a player. And then there isn't a player. And then the anger sparks from that. If you tell us as a fan base what the situation is, we'll go sand. We'll work with what we've got. We're all dead, honest people, dead, you know, hard work and down to earth people. And we know, we we know why the club is in the status is, and we know they're trying to get us out the state we're in by building a new stadium, which they're doing. And it's going to be magnificent and it looks magnificent, but don't lie to us. Don't tell us that it's sunny when it's raining because we've all got eyes and we're all piss soaked through as well, by the way. So don't tell us lies and we're all, we'll all be sound with that. But but for too long they've tried to hoodwink us and it didn't. Nobody felt, or very few people. There was a few who have fallen for it, but most of us haven't. I think that's because people didn't understand their own responsibilities. That people have said stuff that's contradicted what the actual people in power or job role that is are actually doing. We're, we're now we've got a clear idea of who's making the decisions and who's directing the football club, or at least the philosophy. But there's very few people talking now, isn't well, there? That, well, that's it. Where we've had. We've had a board made up with with different ideas and different, and there's been so many power shifts. You know, we had a director of football who was 
director of football who was completely against the appointment of a manager we brought in. With yeah, yeah. Rafa Benitez and a chairman who was completely against that decision as well. Where now it seems like we we have more of an idea of who's making the decisions and mm. who's in charge, and there's no absolutely there's no power struggles yeah. when making yeah. Yeah. when making absolutely. those decisions. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And um, you know, uh, Mashiri has taken a back seat, hasn't he? Hopefully, yeah. and he, yeah. he won't he won't get back into the driving seat again. Anyway, lads, uh, thanks for that. Nice Just, one, uh, Mitch. Before we finish, on, uh, how, how many how many points do you reckon we're going to get between now and Boxing Day? Oh. What is it? Burnley Spurs. Burnley and Spurs. Man Burnley Spurs. Well, Man City's after Boxing Day, isn't oh, it? Twenty seventh. For those three games, I'm going to go. I'm going to say five, imagine five points. That would do me five, five points. points. That is yeah. being optimistic, but five points would do me. Five points would be nice. Yeah, and nice. Uh, into the semi final of the League Cup. Yeah, well, just I'd throw that in as well. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Happy days. Yeah, yeah. Up the toffees, fellas. Nice, nice one, Mitch. Mitch. See you later, mate. Yeah, Ta-da. See you. Ta-da, mate. There you go. Ooh, it's Good hard, call. isn't it? When you're predicting I, I always like to predict less so I can be pleasantly surprised so I'm going to say four points because I don't want to say nine and I'm not predicting I'm just saying what I'd, what I'd be happy with I'd be happy with with, with nine and yeah I mean yeah, yeah, why really wouldn't you happy. be that'd be perfect I'm, I've got to go because this is I'm sure loads of people I'm sure, don't, I'm sure loads of people don't celebrate um, Christmas anyway absolutely. right we're going because I'm also going I'm going to the pub right now and I, like Christmas day I'll be in the pub as well not buying presents Absolutely. and the money i save on not buying presents will be spent on no on on alcohol no. for me because i like spending money on myself because i like myself above all people Scrooge. because i should do Scrooge. goodbye <laughs> <laughs>